Good morning. If it doesn't warm up quickly, we're going to build a bonfire using the broken up chairs. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's much warmer than it was at first service. Trust me. <laughs> I begin reading something from uh, Jack Cornfield's A Lamp in the Darkness. This is a Buddha quote. Uh, There is praise and blame, gain and loss, pleasure and fame, pleasure and pain, fame and disrepute. Did you think this would not happen to you? He says, if you are reading these words, you may have hit hard times. Perhaps you've lost a loved one, or maybe you've lost your job, or received a difficult diagnosis, or someone close to you has. Maybe you're divorcing, or you're in bankruptcy, or you've been injured, or your life is falling apart in any number of ways. Maybe daily life seems like just a little bit too much, or maybe not enough. Even in the best of times, there seems plenty to worry about. Seemingly endless wars and violence, racism, accelerating environmental destruction. In difficult times, personally or collectively, We often begin to wonder not only how we can get through this, we begin to question existence itself. And he goes on to say, you are not alone. One of the most difficult things about hard times is that often we feel like we're going through it alone. But we are not alone. In fact, your life itself is only possible because of the thousands of generations before you, survivors who have carried the lamp of humanity through difficult times from one generation to another. Jesus, Buddha, at times they were hounded, threatened, imprisoned, physically attacked, despised. Yet their gifts outshone all their difficulties. And even now, as we hear these words, You can feel yourself as part of the stream of humanity, walking together, finding ways to carry the lamp of wisdom and courage and compassion through difficult times. It's not about you. It's about us. Life is difficult for everyone. And I cannot really continue this without um, pausing for just a moment and inviting you to pause with me um, to honor the life of Nelson Mandela, who is one of those human beings who, whether he's on the planet or not, is a light, uh, is a lamp of love, of compassion, Um, of power, of humanity, a human being who, not only in spite of his difficulties, because of his difficulties, um, stepped into a more powerful, a more compassionate, a more loving man. And I think um, an example for all of us. So thank you, Nelson Mandela, wherever you are. In this book, A Lamp in the Darkness, 
Jack Cornfield talks about illuminating the path through difficult times by using those difficult times to essentially light the way for the rest of our lives. And I think what he's talking about is the way that we do that is by practicing being fully present for those difficulties. And in doing so, light our own path, create our own way back, if you will, um, to a more powerful and more compassionate um, human being. And in doing so, we transform the lives of ourselves as well as the lives of everybody around us. And so we become our own lamp, our own lantern, so that we do not depend on someone else, but maybe someone else serves as a reminder that, um, as Jesus said, um, what I do, you can do also. Cornfield says that when we learn to navigate our difficulties with compassion and grace, we discover that joy will return. And let me preface that by um, saying that it's okay if um, the compassion might seem a little stronger than the grace. Um, I know for myself I'm not always as graceful and elegant in these times, or any times actually, as I wish myself to be. Um, Recognizing that dark times, if we choose to call them that, um, are just part of life. They're part of life itself. And if we're willing to show up for it, if we're willing to show up for all our lives in the so-called ups and the downs, uh, that we can learn a whole lot about ourselves. And we can learn that we can survive anything. And we can use our difficulties to, um, to empower us, to empower us, to make ourselves stronger. And it seems that we must begin by accepting that difficult times happen to all of us to all of us. I think one of the ways that we get ourselves into trouble is um, really recognizing that um, we can be just um, so full of compassion and empathy for those around us or even those across the planet who are experiencing difficulty, who are experiencing, you know, going through some sort of natural disaster. Um, that is one thing. Uh, when it happens to us, it seems to be completely different. Um, because on some level, I think that we believe that stuff happens, just not to us. And so when it does happen to us, and you hear that, you know, people say, I just can't believe, I can't believe, you know, this happened. I never expected this to happen. So our initial response might be one of wanting to see a manager, because there's obviously been an error of some sort. <laughs> you know, there's been a mistake. It's not supposed to happen to us. Not that I think I'm better, but just it just doesn't it doesn't happen. And so initially we might resist it. We might uh, object, and um, it's not helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful, uh, and it's a waste of energy. I think. So I think we need to begin by accepting that stuff happens. That stuff happens to all of us. And that it is not, as trite as it sounds, it's not so much about what happens, but how we deal with what happens. And so we accept that what is happening is happening. And then there has to be a level of resilience, um, a level of trust, of faith in ourselves to know that we can survive this. Um, and the downside to that theory is that in order to know that we can survive this, we have to survive something. So in order to develop 
um, resilience and nurture resilience, um, we have to be willing to notice when we are in pain. We have to be there for ourselves. We have to show up and we have to feel it, which is the really hard part because we don't want to. We don't want to. At the very least, it's uncomfortable, and at the most, it can be really, really painful. A couple of years ago, one of my daughters was going through a, a really, really painful breakup, and it seemed like she was doing everything she possibly could to avoid feeling the feelings that she was feeling. And I could hear it in her voice every time we spoke on the phone, and for a time there, it was a couple of times a day that we spoke on the phone. And I remember at one point, she finally just said to me, Mama, I just don't want to feel this. And I had to remind her that she could survive it, that she would be okay. And I also reminded her that she needed to know she would be okay. And in order to know she would be okay, she was going to have to feel it. And you can feel it now, or you can feel it later, or you can feel nothing. Mark Nepo, the author, says that um, so often we run from feeling and yet it is only through feeling that we can know the depth of life itself. My observation is that difficult times can um, either be an opportunity to open our hearts in compassion or another opportunity to hone our numbing skills. And, yeah... And sometimes uh, we can do both. (laughs) The thing is, only by feeling it, only by experiencing what we are experiencing, allowing ourselves to feel what we are feeling, only then can we begin to develop not only a sense of resilience, but a sense of compassion, a sense of compassion towards ourselves. And when we do that, something happens. Something happens, and our hearts begin to open. And we become more accepting um, of ourselves. And we also become more accepting of others. And we also enhance the compassion then that we can feel because our hearts are open. Our hearts are open. And we remember that it's not just about me. It's about us. And I think it's important to acknowledge, to recognize, to remember that some of us um, have survived have brought ourselves to this point only because we learned at a very early age to shut down. For some of us, that was a survival technique. For some of us, it was necessary. And God bless us as little children for doing that. It got us here. In some cases, it kept us alive. And at some point, we say thank you, and then we relearn. We relearn what we are feeling. And we can do that. There is one technique that I'm aware of um, that we have talked about in classes. There is a technique to um, learn to, to feel again. Or if you don't need to do that, to learn to be aware of what you are feeling at any given moment. And it's a check-in. And it can start with something as simple as a 10-second, 15, 20-second check-in, just a few times a day, where you just stop. Whatever it is you're doing, you just stop. And this is all internal. You just stop and check in. Okay, what am I feeling right now? Just stop for just a second 
and then that's it. You don't do anything about it. You just get used to acknowledging that as a human being, you feel. And getting accustomed to, to honoring that in yourself. Because the thing about feeling is it means that we're alive. It's part of the human experience. And of course, another one for numbing is deadening. And also the thing about numbing or deadening is that it is not selective. It is not like um, when you go, maybe you, you, uh, you uh, burned yourself, as I did a couple of weeks ago, or you, uh, uh, maybe you have some kind of cut or something and you decide you, want, you need stitches. And typically what the medical technician will do is they will deaden, they will numb a certain area. We don't have the technology as human beings overall to do that on an emotional basis. We can't do that. So if we are not willing to feel then pain, then we don't feel anything. You can't feel anything. So if we're not willing to experience pain, we can't experience joy or love either. So if, if uh, life, for instance, is uh, living on the edge like this, if we're trying to get by without feeling anything, we're always living just back here, just a little ways, just creating just enough distance so maybe we can get by without getting any marks on us or anything. And we can't be full in when we're back here. We will never experience joy or love or pain if we're back here. It'll just, everything will be dulled. Everything is dulled. Jack Cornfield says, if you can sit quietly after difficult news, if in financial downturns you remain perfectly calm, if you can happily eat whatever is put on your plate, if you can fall asleep after a day of running around without a drink or a pill, if you can always find contentment exactly where you are, you are probably a dog. <laughs> And sometimes doesn't it seem to be that there is something to be said for that? <laughs> See, difficult times, um, painful passages of time, however we want to phrase it, hold the lamp, hold the light for us to illuminate the path for the rest of our lives if we are willing to show up for it, which, let's face it, most of us do not want to do. And on a rational basis, why would you? Who wants to feel awful? I mean, who wants to feel that? Most of us will go to extreme measures not to feel that. I mean, who wants to feel like hell on earth, right? But what are the options? Those would be two. There are two options. Either you feel or you don't. Because we can't choose. It's not like a used to be Chinese restaurants where they'd have column A and column B and column C and so on. Maybe that was just Roseburg, I don't know. But <laughs> we can't do that. We don't have, that's not how the human uh, mind brain works. Either you feel it or you don't. 
And so numbing is just numbing. So this morning when we talk about, we talk about exploring the idea of being willing to stand, and this is how I envision it, just being willing to stand, because this has been my experience. Sometimes you just have to stand there and let it wash right over you, because you just get exhausted trying to outrun it. And sometimes you just have to stand there and let it wash over you. And there is, um, that is a pathway, I think, to be, create in your own life, as your own life, an experience of mindfulness and compassion and trust. And mindfulness is the part where you become aware of what it is that you are feeling. You become aware, rather than avoiding it, you do just the opposite, you just step right into it. And I don't mean wallow in it. I don't mean get in there and, you know, hang up pictures and furniture and such. I don't mean that. I just mean that you take the time to acknowledge what you are feeling. You honor your own self as a spiritual being having a human experience. And sometimes that human experience doesn't feel very good. Now, we don't want to suck it up and plant some kind of platitude on it like, oh, it's all good. Well, on some plane, yes, it is. But on the human plane, it isn't always. Sometimes it just stinks, and it hurts, and it's painful, and it's scary. And that's part of the human experience. It does not assist us to try to um, shine our way out of it. It doesn't work like that. So maybe we're just... Maybe we're just bummed. Maybe we're in pain. Maybe we look at our lives and we think, well, this sucks. This is not what I thought it was going to be at all. Maybe we just don't like where we are. Maybe we don't like who we are. Things have not turned out the way we thought. Mindfulness just means that we are acknowledging that that's how we are feeling at the moment. And I think at the moment is a good thing to remember. Said in the Bible something about it came to pass. It did not it does not say it came to stay. It came to pass. So we honor our own human experience by being willing to be with whatever it is that we are feeling. And it requires a certain amount of humility as well as compassion. And by humility, I mean that, and I don't think this is just me, we have to admit that we are human. We have to admit that maybe we don't have it, maybe we aren't as together as we thought we were. Uh, Maybe that stuff that we thought we'd healed and we'd already dealt with once or twice or ten times. We thought we were done. There it is again. So maybe we're not. Maybe we're unfolding. Maybe we're humanity in unfoldment. We are part of the human experience, and none of us is so special that we can escape that. None of us. No matter how spectacular we are, no matter what we do for a living, no matter how many years of education, no matter what what it is, Sometimes stuff is going to happen because it just does. And compassion is just self-love. Compassion is just accepting ourselves where we are, acknowledging that that is what we are experiencing, that that is what we are feeling, and loving our own selves through it. Just loving our own selves through it. So can we learn to accept what we are feeling? Can we learn to be with ourselves, sit with ourselves, and be okay with that? And be okay with that. Be okay if we have what Oprah calls the, the uh, ugly cry. 
Can we be okay just being knocked on our behinds? Can we be okay with that? And we don't have to do this by ourselves. We can ask for help. We can call somebody maybe that we trust and ask them, just say, you know, I'm just having a a rough time here. Can you just listen to me for five minutes and then when we're done, I'll just say thank you and we'll just hang up? I don't want advice or any commentary. Can you just listen to me? Or maybe you phone somebody and ask them to come over and just sit with you and just sit with you. It's not a problem-solving exercise. Can you just sit with me? Can you just be with me here for an hour? That's all. The awesome thing about that is, not only is that loving ourselves, that gives somebody else permission to be real as well and to ask for help. And it reminds us all that we are not in this by ourselves. And obviously, all of this um, requires a level of trust, and I think of it, certainly we trust the person that we called. We also need to trust ourselves that we have resilience. The downside of that is in order to develop resilience, we have to be resilient in something, which means that we have to be willing to feel something. We have to be willing to get knocked to our knees so that we know that we can get back up again, which is what I tried to tell my daughter that time. Because there is something in us, I think, what it feels like anyway, is that I don't know if I can survive this. I don't know if I will, I don't know if I can make it through this. You can and you will. And the only way to know that is to go through it. It's the only way to know it. And it is cultivated. Again, it's cultivated that that sense of resilience. I think also there has to be a level of trust, a belief, a faith in something stronger, bigger, mightier, if you will, than ourselves. That there is something more to us than than this. That there is something that, regardless of what happens, loves us and stands with us all the time. And that can be cultivated as well. Joel Goldsmith calls that uh, courting the presence, developing and nurturing a faith in something greater than ourselves. I do that. I have that practice. And I'm grateful I have that practice. The other night... I don't think I'm the only one that goes through this, but the other night I had one of those crazy midnight um, strategizing meetings. You know, the ones where there's nobody there but you when you're supposed to be sleeping. (laughs) And for some reason, your mind decides that now is the time to solve the mystery of life. It's at whatever. And so I observe myself. I do that a lot. I just don't tell anybody, but... I observe myself just twirling around, you know, in a just and even as I'm watching myself do this, I'm still doing it. And then it happened, what what happens sometimes with me is that this thought comes in. All of a sudden this thought comes in and it isn't me, as in it isn't my ego. And the reason I know this is because it feels like some very quiet, 
uh, silent, serene thought. And those of you who know me know that <laughs> that can't be me. <laughs> <laughs> This thought comes in, and it's always the same every time. My experience of this is always the same. And I know what it is. It's God. It comes in, and this is what it is. It says, I got this. And the other night, that thought came in. I got this. And then I saw another thought, and this was definitely mine. And that thought was, could I get that in writing? (laughs) And it would be awesome if there was an attachment with an outline of some kind. And I just started laughing, because I'm funny. (laughs) (laughs) I just started laughing at at just how how I was and how I felt. because I said in first service, it, it feels, my experience of this is, do you remember, well, I, in junior high, we had track, which was very exciting. I grew up on a farm, and, and I ran all the time. But this was formal. You had an oval track with lines on it and such. And, and you had a, it was relay races, you know, where you've got that baton, and you're supposed to, you know, everybody has a different, their portion of the leg in the race, and, and you're supposed to hand off the baton. And I realized, particularly when I had that thought that night, I'm really good at grabbing the baton. I have issues when it comes to letting go of it. And I realized that that's what I was doing. Um, and I realized, actually, that I, that's something I, unless I, I can do that, I feel like I, I, I don't want to let go of it. I want to keep hanging on to it. Anyway... I just recognized that, and I just started laughing all by myself at 2.30 in the morning. I started laughing, and then I said, thank you, and then I slept. Then I slept. And so I get to practice self-compassion here, self-love, because I don't have to lecture myself about how I respond in a situation. I just recognize, okay, see, look, you you did it again, didn't you? Okay. Next. (laughs) Because the thing about life is that, um, seriously, there is no guarantee. Regardless of what we do, how um, much, how evolved we think we are, how much training we may or may not have had, how much work we may or may not have done, there is no guarantee. There isn't. Chances are, what with being human and all, stuff's going to happen and some of it is not going to feel very good. Can we show up anyway? That's the thing. Can we show up anyway? And by show up, I mean really show up. Be fully present and willing to experience whatever it is and allow ourselves to feel whatever it is that we're feeling and be okay with that. Because here's what. If we don't show up, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. We're going to miss everything. We're going to miss our own lives if we're always standing just a little bit back because we can't not feel some stuff and feel other stuff. It's Texas Hold'em. We need to go all in. All in. 
As some of you know, I have some direct experience with that, more than one direct experiences, experience I, whatever you call it. Um, just over a year ago, my husband and I got one of those unexpected diagnosis things. And I still remember it very, very vividly. I remember the phone call from my husband, and I remember sitting on the edge of my bed with my feet dangling over the edge and holding the receiver like this and just sitting there, just stunned. I didn't expect this. It was this. I didn't plan this. I have no control over this. What am I going to do with this? I remember just sitting there, holding, I could still, just holding the phone. It was stunning. And it kicked my rear end. Completely kicked it. On the floor, on the ground, on my knees, kicked it. It's like somebody took my life and just shook the heck out of it and then dumped it all out. It was all over the floor, all over the floor. And I remember at some point I'm trying to pick up the pieces and put them back in exactly like it was before the phone call. And at some point, not right away, I will admit, not, not right away, at some point I realized that that was not going to be possible. I realized that what I was going to have to do is be fully present for every moment, deal with what was in front of me. And when people suggested that I was trying to get back to normal, I said, actually, no. Um, I don't know what that is. I'm creating a new one. I'm creating a new, this is a new normal. Now, this is not something, an event, that I would have wished on myself or my husband or my, or my children at all. I didn't design this. And I'm grateful for every single second of it. Because my life is different now. Because I am different now. Because once again, I was brought to my knees, and once again, I got back up. And once again, my heart was busted open just a little bit more. And so now I love myself more. I love my husband more. I love my kids more. My relationship with my husband is different. It's more. I'm okay. I'm more than okay. And if I had known that this and some other stuff, some other knock to your knees stuff, if I had known all of this stuff was going to happen when I was 28 years old and I met this man, if I knew every single bit of it, I would choose yes all over again. Because I get to love. And I will feel anything, anything in order to feel this. Anything. It's worth it. And see, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're here to love. We're here to love. And Nelson Mandela knew that, and he changed South Africa. He changed the world. On my way here this morning, there was a, a thing on NPR about this man. <clears throat> he wrote a book called, What Do You Buy the Children of a Terrorist Who Tried to Kill Your Wife? They interviewed him. He and his wife are Jewish. 
and they were studying at university in Israel. And he gets a phone call one day from the hospital telling him that his wife has been injured and he needs to come right away. He went there. His wife was not recognizable. She had been at a coffee shop with two of her friends and someone, a terrorist, had placed a bomb on the table next to where his wife and her friends were sitting. And just before the bomb went off, his wife reached down to get something out of her pack under the table. Her two friends were killed. His wife was severely burned. It took years for her to, to recover from this. It took at least that long for the husband to recover. He was having a lot of difficulty doing this. He finally realized that the only way that he was going to get himself out of this, through this, was to, um, to try to uh, see the man who did this, not revenge, to understand why, to understand. He couldn't get to the man, but he did, through connections, um, find the family of the man who did this. And he met the family. He went to their home. They were Palestinian people. This Jewish man went to this Palestinian home. Up until now, this Jewish man had not perceived Palestinian people as even human. He went into this home. He was met with literally open arms. They spent time together. They have since spent time together. It has changed his life. It has changed who he is. It has changed his worldview. And it changed the Palestinian family's life as well. They didn't even know that the husband was in Hamas. They didn't know anything about it. But walking through his pain and his own humanity, he was able to reach out. And these people who did not know each other and were bound only by this event, this traumatic event, walked through it together and emerged uh, more, bigger, more loving, more compassionate, more fully alive. And that is, I think, what he is talking about. I think it is what Jesus taught. I think it is what Buddha was talking about. It is what Gandhi was talking about, how they lived, Nelson Mandela, all of them used difficulties and pain and tragedy even um, to unleash their own compassion, their own love, their own humanity, their own spirituality. And in doing so, they changed the world. Sometimes one person at a time, sometimes more. Changed the world. And we can do this. It might not look like, like them. Um, or it might look like them, or it might look like you or I. To the extent that we're willing to show up for our own lives, we can change our own lives and life itself. We have to be willing to show up. And in order to do that, we have to remember that no matter what it is, how big it is, how painful it is, how hard it is, that we have the technology to do this and that we are not alone. And there is that within us that knows exactly who we are, that is exactly what we need. And that no matter what it is, we are enough.
God's got it, and we can do this. Let us pray. And so in this moment of remembering, I am remembering that one that I call God that is life itself. The only life, the only soul, the only mind, the only heart. All God. And so I know that means me. I know the truth of me, regardless of any difficulty I might have experienced. No matter anything that's happened, any choice I may have made. The truth of me has always been, will always be God. The love of God, the truth of God, the beauty that is God. And because I know this for myself, I know it for everyone, because it is literally all that there is. And so I speak this word of remembering for every single person in this room now, affirming and claiming for each one of us the inner knowing, that remembering, that we are exactly what we need regardless of the situation, that we are always enough that we always have within us anything and everything that could possibly be required for any walk that we need to walk, for anything that we need to allow to wash over us. That the truth of us is, has always been, will always be God. And we are never, ever, ever alone. And I'm grateful to know this. I'm grateful to know that each one of us is exactly where we are supposed to be, exactly doing what we're supposed to do. And in gratitude for knowing that God is all there is, and that means us, I release this word, knowing it's done. I let it be, and so it is. So it is. Thank you. <clears throat>